0: They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to Tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Well, alrighty gang, here we go. It's another beautiful day in Cabo San Lucas. I hope you're all ready for a great show. We got a really good one for you today. I think you'll be very impressed. So kick back, relax, and get ready for a phenomenal show. Those of you that have never seen us before, I'm your saltwater guide, Captain Dave Hansen. I do this show every day at 12 o'clock, Monday through Friday. It's, it's our podcast we've been doing here for three years, and we're going to get started in just a couple minutes. We're going to go over a couple of things real quick. Marley's back behind me running around somewhere. That Marley, if you don't know, is my monkey. He's our rescue monkey we got down here in Cabo San Lucas. We also have a couple of rescue cats, actually three rescue cats. But today's show is gonna be absolutely spectacular. We're gonna talk about where I've been, where I came from. We're gonna have my father on the show today, which is kind of gnarly because we lost him last year at this time. So it'll be kind of special to see him back on the show. So kick back, relax. Gang, make sure you get one of these shirts. The Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show will be here sooner than you know it, March 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th at the Orange County Fairgrounds. It'll uh, be spectacular. I'll be speaking there every day. Kelly Girl and I will have our own booth. We'll be hanging out in the booth. Justin from Bowline Sport Fishing and his son, Raylan, that you saw in those videos, How to Clean Your Lobster, they'll be there hanging out with us. You want to stop by the booth, check us out. If you show up wearing one of these shirts, you're going to get free stuff. Doesn't get much better than that. Plus, Bill has put together a phenomenal group of speakers. Besides myself, there'll be quite a few legends in the industry and -and up-and-coming legends that'll be there speaking. The seminar series will be spectacular like it always is. And there'll be so much to do at the show, it'll be absolutely spectacular, and it's in Orange County, so make sure you get your tickets early, you can buy them online right now, and uh, we'll get started here with the show. So I just want to let, I've been getting asked these questions by a lot of people, and uh, Dave, how'd you get started, where'd you come from, how you've been doing this for so long, how did you acquire so much knowledge on so many different types of fishing? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, I have my father to thank for all that. My father, we threw the word a legend around a few times in the last couple of weeks when he interviewed Todd Banzer, called him a legend. We interviewed Billy Kay, called him a legend. We interviewed Ryan from Slay Day. And uh, there's really, we throw that word around, but it's really meant for the true legends of the industry. My father being one of them. My father started fishing in Southern California for a living in 1947. Before that, and his story is quite spectacular, he started carting fish off the end of the San Clemente Pier for 25 cents a wagon load when he was a little boy. And then he grew up, got his captain's, grew up as a deckhand on the sport boats off the San Clemente Pier. Yes, those of you that live in San Clemente or know anything about San Clemente, There was no Dana Point. There was no Oceanside Harbor. There was was, uh, San Clemente Sport Fishing off the end of the San Clemente Pier. The boats moored up out there off the pier. And I was very blessed to have grown up back in those days. I got to fish with my father on the end of the San Clemente Pier. My very first time I ever went fishing with my dad. I remember I was three years old. I know it's hard to believe, but I remember my mom setting me on the counter and putting my shoes on, my feet, and telling me we were going fishing with my dad today. I didn't know what fishing was. I didn't know what my dad did. I just knew that we were going to get to go spend the day with my dad. He was running a double half day off the end of the San Clemente Pier back then. On Those of you back east watching, you guys call them head boats. Out here on the west coast, we call them sport fishing boats. He ran sport boats off the end of the San Clemente Pier. And in 1965, 64, 65, I got to go out fishing with my father for the very first time on the end of the San Clemente Pier. And my mom and my dad, they kind of ran that the end of the San Clemente Pier. My dad's office was on the end of the San Clemente Pier. So I remember getting in my mom's car and driving out to the end of the pier where my dad's office was. Didn't know what was going on. Really, I was a little tiny kid. But I remember how exciting it was when the Sun Fund came wheeling into the San Clemente Pier, spun around to let their people off. And there was my dad standing in the wheelhouse, waving at his son. It was pretty spectacular, gang. And we're going to show a little bit. I have some phenomenal interviews with my father over on uh YouTube, and on my website, YourSaltWaterGuide.com, and I've cut it up today. You can see the whole seven-part series on YouTube. It's uh, Don Hanson, part one through seven, and I would suggest any of you that are even thinking about your folks or yourself, or get down with your kids and make some videos because this is pretty special. Those of you on uh, Spotify and Apple and uh Instagram and TikTok. You're only going to be able to listen. Those of you on YouTube and Facebook, you're going to get to watch this. I'm going to throw up a few of these interviews with my father. When they're only I just cut them up into one minute pieces. The whole interview is about an hour and a half long. But here, just watch. This is one part. My dad is and was a true legend. Hey, I got a good story. That Bobby Lorman was telling me about but he was bummed because he didn't get to be there he had to go do something but you took Kenny Nielsen and you took Chuck Kimnitz, and you guys went on a trip of a lifetime on the Clemente when it was brand new the Cortez Bank why don't you talk a little bit, you were the guy I just get the, these guys were all kids so they remember what they remember but you were the guy you guys went to the Cortez Bank with a compass yeah we, right? yeah we kind of figured this out. No way. GPS, no, no, no. Moran, no. a compass. No. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What year was that? I don't know, dude. Sixty-five, I think, is what I was told by Kenny and Bobby.
2: I think that's what it was, but they Kenny, and Bobby and Nineteen
1: sixty-five. No no electronics, guys. Hundred and two miles from the from the pier. Off the San Clemente Pier, going to the Cortez Bank on a boat that does nine knots top speed. If you really cranked it up, it'd go ten. It goes ten now.
2: Woohoo! So it, it was fun. <laughs> we got all the way out there, and this is there's a lot of stories on the trip.
1: Isn't that amazing? That is just amazing. And and you can see the whole interview, every part of it. But um he is a true legend. We're gonna look at another part of these interviews with my pops here, so just stand by and check this
2: out. Back in there? Oh yeah, the cannery. We had the cannery. Okay. The cannery Cannery was closed then, they closed it. There was five operating canneries in Newport Beach at one time. Wow. And what about sport fishing operations in Newport? Was there any of those? Oh God, yes. How many do you think there was at one time? Oh, there was Port Orange, uh, there's three or four landings on uh, Coast Highway there, and then, yeah, the al and the Betty Lou, and some of those things were, uh, they had, uh, and then we had the Norm's Landing back there where there's a high-rise hotel, and and next across to that was uh, Dave's Locker, and then they had the Ball Pavilion, which was Art Gronski's place. Yeah, that was eight or nine landings in Newport beach. Wow. And, uh, but you know, eight or nine landings in Newport beach are all small boats. Now they're all, you know, the, the two or three landings that are left in Newport all have bigger boats. And so they carry the same amount of people. Crazy times, right? Can you believe that?
1: Eight or nine landings out of Newport 13 total at one time is what he ends up telling me in the interview. If you go over to YouTube and check that out, it's very easy to find. Just type in Don Hansen, part one through seven, and you can see this extraordinary man talking about extraordinary times, legendary days, fishing off the end of the San Clemente Pier.
2: Yeah. We had uh, off the San Clemente Pier, and we had at least 10 boats sometime. time. Talk right, about? Right off the San Clemente Pier. Ten boats. Tell me
1: about the slot machines they had on the boats back in the day. That's a great story that I laugh every time you talk about I didn't it. want
2: you to know about that one. That's, <laughs> you're not supposed to know that we had those. It's too but late yeah. now. They can't come back and get you guys. It was quite comical. I worked for a gentleman called Wally Noller on a little charter boat called Frisky Miss. and uh, He had a dime slot machine down in the, in the buck room. The other boats had more, but this guy had—he had one ten-cent machine, and I used to get my tips and I put them in there, and, and I, I never, ever, ever won. And uh, Wally said uh, that pays my fuel, so uh, you're not going to win. So he gave me back my dimes and told me never to play again. Which, uh, sadly, I didn't really learn the lesson that well. So. But <laughs> so anyway, that the one of the funniest stories in that is. Sam Cordero was running the Sport King out of Newport Beach. And they had slot machines. They looked like a casino. And they, they closed it up as they came out of the harbor I had to see if they could do what they wanted to, they thought. Well, they- so, isn't that amazing? And that story, the rest of
1: the story, all that's available over on my YouTube channel, Your Saltwater Guide, or just type in Don Hansen. And uh, part one through seven is available over there. Gang, it's absolutely amazing. The things that he saw, the things that he did. I'm so happy that I was able to get this all in an interview type of thing with my pops. Because truly, back in those days, the stuff that they were doing was uh, unbelievable. With the zero electronics, they were out there catching fish, going up and down the coast, going albacore fishing doing just incredible things that were just unheard of at the time. And uh, he was there. He was, one of the, he was one of the godfathers of sport fishing in Southern California. And that's why I feel so blessed and so honored to uh, call him my dad and to have gotten to do all the cool things that I got to do and go fishing with him off the end of the San Clemente Pier. And then when we moved the operation to Dana Point Harbor, In 1971, that was an incredible time, absolutely insane. I never heard of a harbor. I didn't know what a harbor was. I grew up in San Clemente, fishing off the end of the pier with my pops, and I had no idea, and he used to take me up on the bluff there in uh, Dana Point, the lookout point right there, and we'd set up there on the lookout point, and he would explain to me what is going to happen. That they're going to be building a harbor, and he's going to be the very first business in the harbor, and he was in 1971. My father was the very first business in the harbor. He had San Clemente sport fishing off the end of the San Clemente pier, and then he moved to Dana Point in '71 and changed the name of his sport fishing operation to Dana Wharf Sport Fishing. They just they've been in operation for 55 years now. It's absolutely incredible. My sister runs the whole show for the family. It's, uh, she's done very, very well. She's taken after my father. She's very, 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 very uh, active politically and also very active with the community. Here's a little bit more with my pops here, gang. I just think these interviews are insane. I think, I want you all to see them. It affected this and that and you, there's not a lot of people that really have true history of what it was like before the harbor, you do. Why don't you tell these guys a little bit about what do you believe? Or maybe it didn't happen, maybe it did What is, What do you think the positive effects of the harbor on Orange County are? And then uh, the not positive
2: effects. Well, well, you know, everybody
1: got, always wants to look at the negative, Dad, and you know that, but why don't you tell us about the positive? Well, you, I can
2: tell you a little bit about You don't hear
1: about positive too much. You can hear
2: about the negative really quick. Uh, Bruce Brown was a friend of mine who did uh, Endless end Summer, Sunday. and uh, quite, a, quite a gentleman, uh, Bruce has passed on to now, but he he looked right above the harbor, and they started to build the harbor. I said, "Well, you excited, Bruce? Your property value is going to go way up." And he said, "No, I wish it should go back to the way it was, but uh, you can't stop progress, and so it, it it happened. The harbor has done many things for many people. It's uh, made our operation much safer, much much safer than it was before. Made our bait operation much safer." We have bait all the time now with the Every Damn Bait Company. Isn't that incredible?
1: Makes me kind of choked up to see him. But I'm so happy that I was able to get this. And I think most of you would feel the same way if you were able to do this for your children or those of you that have parents that are still alive. Get this on, get get their story. Grab their story and get it, get it. Grab it for you because it's super important to look back on it I look back at these interviews all the time with my dad and when I t- talk to a lot of our members and we talk about a lot of the members of my website are blown away with the community that I've built over there, but they just don't under- quite understand the history of where we came from. And and I love telling the story and I love sending them into the website and sending them over to watch the interviews with my pops because he truly, truly, truly was a legend in the industry. And he cared so much about all of us. And he gave back to the community like you can't even believe. And like we were talking about uh, the whales and what's happening with the whales. And when we were talking about that, my dad was the first person to ever take people out whale watching that paid for a ticket and went whale watching. It's just incredible, all the things he did. We're going to look at one more video and then uh, I'll wrap this thing up
2: electronics of boats carry. Uh, we used to have to line up a tree and a bush and, a, and something else to see where we were to find a spot to fish. Now you just push a button and drive to it. So, it's a, uh, technology has changed so much in those years, but that was the fun part about it off the pier. You could, you could, uh, you never saw another boat all day. Now you see all the boats out of the harbor, you see the boats from Newport, you see the boats from the ocean side. But we used to fish all the way down the coast uh, from, from Dana Point to Oceanside and not see another boat all day, which is not—it's very rare now. So if you find oh, yeah. something, you find something. It was kind of years we found spots of bluefin tuna. We used to find lots and lots of yellowtail. We used to drive through the kelp looking for white sea bass, just looking. If we found it, we stopped and caught one. But you could drive through the kelp, and you know, those are fun days at the pier. Believe me. But I haven't—you know—I'm not on a boat every day like I was at the pier, so it's. I don't know what they see here every day, day by day by day, but every day off the pier was another challenge. It really was because we had to go fo- find our bait boat and had to fall fo- in the fog. And, and most of us those days didn't have radar. Uh, so <laughs> it was really fun in those days off the pier. We, sometimes I drove around one kelp, piece of kelp all day long thinking I was going somewhere, but I wasn't.
1: <laughs> but it was. All right, gang. So I just, I thought that it was important to show you this. I want you to all let me know if this, if you enjoyed this video, hit the like button. Let me know if you enjoyed this video. And if uh, you could check out my YouTube channel and go over there and watch those videos and leave a comment, let me know what you think. Because we have, it's a nice hour and a half long uh, interview with the Pops. I broke it up into seven parts though. So you can watch it in little, little parts and pieces. So you don't have to watch the whole hour and a half at one time. And uh, man, I just, I'm so happy that I got to do that and got to do that with my pops and we get to look back on it and I get to show it to his grandchildren and I get to show it to his great grandchildren and uh, that's forever. And I think it's important. I thought today when I started to do this show, I thought, you know what, we're going to talk about how important it is for all of you out there to get their get your story. On, on with your phones and with your GoPros and everything. Get your story on film, so that you leave some type of legacy behind. So everybody knows. I mean, what I have with my pops is super special, and a lot of the a lot of the uh, legends in the industry all started their career working for my pops. One of the big time legends of the industry, Frank LaPresti, used to ride his bike down to the San Clemente Pier to go fish with my dad off the end of the pier. And my dad used to let him steer the boat back to the harbor. Back when he was a little kid, he talks about it all the time. Those are the fondest memories he has. Steve Lasley, I don't know if anybody knows him, but he's like one of the legends of uh, marlin and swordfish fishing in Southern California. He started his career working for my dad on the Sun Fund when he was 16. Todd Manser, that we interviewed the other day. He started his career. His father started his career. His uncle started his career working for my father off the end of the San Clemente Pier. So the next time that you're wondering, hey, why does this guy keep popping up on my feeds and talking about fishing? Well, gang, we've been in this industry for a very, very long time. Not as long as my dad, but quite a while. And I have a bunch of stuff to share with you. And I, I open up my heart and I open up my books and I open up everything so that you all have the same passion and joy of fishing that I have. So I just wanted to touch that with you guys today. I have lots of legends, interviews. I got Bud and Bogey, I got Kenny Nielsen, I got Bobby Lorman, I got Don Brockman, and I got Gary Black from the Qualifier 105. I got just a lot of stuff. My favorite captain of all time, Danny Clutie. Those are all available over on my website at yoursaltwaterguide.com. Remember the next time someone asks you, what about that Your Saltwater Guide guy? He just kind of just showed up in the industry. Yeah, he just showed up in 1974. He's kind of new. I know he hasn't been doing it as long as most of you, but yeah, that Your Saltwater Guide guy, he's kind of new. Gang, I want to thank you all for watching this with me today. I hope it meant something to you because it meant a lot to me. It was all I could do just to hold, hold it together here and show you that. So have a great day. Great time out there. Turn off the news. They're all lying. And uh, I will talk to you tomorrow. We'll have another great show. Tomorrow's text the show Wednesday. Let me know. Go check out those videos on YouTube, please. And hit the like button. It's super important. I had no idea how important it is. You got to hit the like button on all my videos. It's it's the thing, I guess. It's super important. So I got to keep pointing that out. Have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow.